Welcome to the Life and Mission Podcast. Hey there, I'm Kay Helm, and I'm so glad you're here for the Life and Mission Podcast. Today on the show, I want to give you a small taste of Oz Guinness' book, The Call. A few weeks back, I put out a survey and asked about the topics you were interested in, and a lot of you wanted more about calling and purpose. Then I asked several people I know about books that influenced them in this area of calling, and in a few weeks, I'll do an episode with more about those specific books. But for today, I want to focus on The Call. While many other books will give you tactics and tools to discover your calling or to focus your vision and so on, I want to start with The Call because it gives us a foundation, which I think most of us understand is absolutely essential before we build anything that's going to last. Now, this is a very deep book, and I'm definitely not going to cover everything that the author has packed in. I recommend you get the book and read it for yourself. And if you go to lifeandmission.com and sign up for my emails, you'll get access to my book notes for the call along with extras from future episodes as they're released. That's lifeandmission.com. You know the deal. The link is in the show notes. So let's get started. The Call is not a recipe book, and by that I mean it's not a plan your life by following these 5 or 10 or 12 steps to whatever book. Rather, it's an invitation to examine calling, what calling is and what it is not, and the dangers and the distortions of calling. Let's start, before we get into the book, just looking at the word calling. A quick trip to the dictionary offers these definitions. Number one, the act of a person or a thing that calls. Number two, a call or a summons. Number three, a strong impulse or inclination. And four, a convocation, as in calling a meeting. And another little tidbit, did you know the origin of our word for the vocal meaning of calling has its origins in the Old English hildikala, which means battle cry, and calling in the vocational sense, also shares roots with the Latin word for glory, gloria. And this is where the vocational meaning of calling, the one that we associate with purpose and meaning, comes from. The idea of calling is important to us because it affects our personal identity, humanness, and our significance. The main idea for the call is that there is no calling without a caller. As Guinness says, if there is no caller, there are no callings only work. Here is how the author defines calling, and I quote, Calling is the truth that God calls us to himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have is invested with a special devotion and dynamism lived out as a response to his summons and service, end quote. We are called by someone, to someone, and for someone. And that someone, the one who calls us, is Christ. And this is our primary calling. That which we see as vocational calling, or we call vocational calling, or an occupational calling, those things we do in response to the primary call, those are the secondary callings. Calling, when it is seen as a response to God's call, requires us to stand up as in the image of God, not only in the exceptional moments when people are watching, but also in the quiet, the mundane, and in the hidden places of our lives. We're called not only into an occupation, 
but into life itself. And that life transcends our own frame of reference and reaches beyond our understanding. Guinness writes, God's call is God's word to each of us, powerful, precious, and deeply personal. He goes on to say, our calling is the sphere of our responsibility, but we are not responsible to our calling. We are responsible to God, and our calling is where we exercise that responsibility. Told you the book was deep. My interpretation of Guinness's point is this, that our primary calling is to follow Christ, and our secondary calling is the way in which we exercise that responsibility that he gives us to act and influence within the sphere of our responsibility and influence. In every part of that secondary calling is saturated with the primary calling. The two are intertwined. If I pursue my secondary calling in a way that is inconsistent with the primary calling, then I have missed the point. That's deep enough. But then what Guinness does throughout the book is he looks at the ways in which calling is distorted the ways in which it has played out in lives of people that we may know from history, and he uses those as illustrations. Now, the main two distortions to calling are these. First, the Catholic distortion. It's named this for the time when it first gained traction. This distortion elevates the spiritual over the secular. So you think about the sacred life of monks, but very isolated versus the, the mundane, the lives of, of just everybody outside the church doing ordinary things. And so there was a separation there where the spiritual is elevated over the secular. But then there's the Protestant distortion, which elevates the secular over the spiritual so that work becomes the thing that we serve. But in both cases, you see that there's just been this separation. And what Guinness is saying is that calling is not separated. The secular and the, and the spiritual are not actually separated. Consider the term full-time Christian service. So as someone who practices their calling outside of what we consider ministry work or work within the church or a parachurch organization, then not practicing their primary calling? Not at all. But our language gives away what we believe. And often we have this division in our minds that if I'm called to, to follow Christ, that I need to quit my secular job and go work in a church, but that may not necessarily be the case. Then there's the term vocational calling, and I, I have my fingers up doing, I'm doing air quotes here around vocational calling. Okay, so remember our definitions earlier. A vocational calling actually means calling, calling. So what we actually mean when we say vocational calling is occupation or work. And before we know it, we see we've separated that area of our lives from our primary calling. We're, that's a vocational calling is kind of this one of these phrases that we use, again, to separate the secular and the spiritual. So consider these distortions as evident in the myriad of personality tests, gifts, inventories, so on. I'm not against these these tests. And I, don't, I don't think Os Guinness is, but think about the test. So it's it's really about being thoughtful in these different things, you know, we dabble in a lot of different things and we're looking for direction and we'll take a hint from here and a hint from there and we'll follow this trail for a while and then we'll off following another trail. But just think, think it through. So let's start with the test that you may have encountered in the workplace or as part of a self-improvement program. 
Now, the results can be useful to find out what our natural tendencies are, but they're largely too broad and don't consider specific individual gifts. Now think about a test that you might encounter at church. These tend to focus on the spiritual gifts and ignore the natural gifts. And often, frankly, it seems like these tests are geared towards filling up volunteer positions within the church. Again, separating church life from life outside the church. Other gifts assessments combine the two, but in Guinness's words, quote, they divorce the discovery of giftedness from worship and listening that is essential to calling, end quote. If we're not careful, the two great distortions take hold. And the key, according to Guinness, is to balance that giftedness with stewardship. So how do we do that? Guinness offers four distinctions, the four areas where we must carefully watch the way in which we view calling. So I'll go through those four, and that'll be it for this week. First of all, we should remember the distinction between individual or particular calling and the general or corporate calling. If I elevate my personal calling and giftedness above that of the community, then it's a sign I've gotten my secondary and primary callings mixed up. Then there's the distinction between a special calling and an original or ordinary calling. And by this, Guinness means that we are all called, but there may also be a specific supernatural and direct calling from God. Everyone has an original, ordinary call. Not everyone has a special call, and that's okay. The ordinary call is not a a lesser calling, but we can inordinately elevate either the special call or the ordinary call. So in one case, everything is treated as supernatural and nothing is ordinary. Not to say we don't live with a sense of awe and wonder, but I don't think I have the right words unless I read straight out of the book. So let me leave it at that. And perhaps we'll come back to this point in another show. But there's a real danger if we think that everyone needs a special call before they can do anything. If we wait and wait, then our gifts and talents remain unused. And today, think about social media and the many opportunities we have to compare ourselves with others. I mean, it's just too easy to fall into the comparison trap and to believe whatever callings or gifts that I have are somehow inferior or superior. And either of these is destructive. Likewise, if we say everyone is called, but we imply that everyone has a special call and we don't make this distinction, then if I don't have this supernatural encounter, then I may wonder what's wrong with me. Doesn't God love me or care about me? What am I doing wrong? Jesus called a tax collector, he called fishermen, he called regular ordinary people with a special call. The third distinction is between something being central to our calling and something being peripheral. Importantly, we must remember that calling is central to the whole of our lives. So it's not only what we do and who we are, but it includes our relationships. And well, let me read this next piece directly from the call. Quote, This distinction is important because it is easy to become spoiled if we concentrate on the core of our giftedness, as if the universe existed only to fulfill our gifts. But it is also easy to become discouraged by making the same mistake. We live in a fallen world, and the core of our gifts may not be fulfilled in our lives on earth. If there had been no fall, All our work would have naturally and fully expressed who we are and exercised the gifts we have been given. But after the fall, this is not so. Work is now partly creative 
and partly cursed. Thus, to find work that perfectly fits our callings is not a right, but a blessing. End quote. I want to highlight this because it's easy to fall into the, the platitudes and the tactics and the pathways that we pass around on social media. There's a lot of good stuff out there, but there's a lot of nothing out there too. It's easy to find ourselves in these echo chambers where everybody's crushing it and we can chase after gurus and get caught up in the next big thing. It's like binge dieting for our minds, consuming content out of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. It's not healthy. It is possible to nail it, to know your calling and to pursue it with excellence and still not see it come to fruition yourself. I'll refer you to Hebrews 11, you know, the hall of faith, right? We love the first part where the dead are raised and the blessings flow. But what about the last verses of that chapter? The ones that come after there were others who, and by the same faith, I'll let you look it up. Finally, the distinction between the clarity of calling and the mystery of calling. As Guinness writes, what may be clear to us in our 20s may be far more mysterious in our 50s, because God's complete designs for us are never fully understood, let alone fulfilled in this life. Now, I'm on the older end of this one, and I know if I had known at the start what I know now, I may have been too frightened to take that first step, but I'm glad I did. So there we are, about one-third of the way through Oz Guinness' The Call. There's a lot more to explore. But my invitation for you today is this. Set aside some time over the next few days to sit alone and present yourself and your gifts, your talents, and your tendencies to God. You know, there's a song that says, here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. That's a great place to start. And somewhere in that quiet place and in that surrender, May the God who created you speak truth about who you are and who he created you to be. I'll be back soon with more from the call. Next week, though, my guest is Matt Hamm, co-founder of Uprint, a faith development organization for those who are eager to satisfy their God-given desire, thrive in their gifts, and live the life of impact they were created for. I think it's a great fit. Until then, though, I want to hear from you. What are some books you've read about calling and purpose? What stuck with you? What, what has helped you and why? Record a short voice memo, one minute or less, and let us know. Email the audio to connect at lifeandmission.com, and we might play it on a future episode. Or you can write out your answer in a simple email message, again, to connect at lifeandmission.com. Either way, I'd love to hear your recommendations. That's it for now. This is Kay Helm and the Life and Mission Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you found it helpful. If you did, I'd appreciate if you hop over to iTunes and leave a review. By doing that, you'll make this podcast more visible and you'll help others find us. Thanks for listening. Find your voice. Tell your story. Change the world.
Hey, it's Kay here. There's one big truth about fundraising that people do not tell you when you start out. And that is, if you struggle to tell stories, you will struggle to raise funds. But what kinds of stories do you tell? How do you tell them? Where do you find them? How do you put them together? And how do you do all that while you're running your ministry, while you're doing all the work and all the things that you have to do? It does not have to be overwhelming. This is my good news. And also, I want you to hear this. Fundraising is not just about asking for money. Raising funds for your mission does not have to feel icky. Fundraising is really about relationships. It's about sharing stories with friends. And it's about being very clear about what it takes to accomplish great things together. I created the Mission Writers course to help you tell better stories, to know what stories to tell, when to tell them, how to tell them, where to find your stories. So go over to missionwriters.org. That's missionwriters, like you're writing. Missionwriters.org has all the details on the course and on the group coaching program. So you have two options. And if you love a missionary or a nonprofit leader who needs this course, gift certificates are available. So check it out at missionwriters.org and let's make 2024 your best year ever.